Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, coach and life alchemist, Sharin Eskandani, and I have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives. This podcast is where mindset, mindfulness, and manifestation meet. Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me, whether that's one-on-one in one of my group programs or one of my transformational courses, you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love, welcome to this week's episode. For the last little while, and by little while I mean two months, we've been trying something a little new here at Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. We've been taking an entire month and focusing on one subject, one topic. So in January, we looked at goals, which made sense because that's when a lot of us are creating new goals for the year ahead. For February, we looked at manifestation because to me, manifestation is a really powerful way to set our goals in motion. And I decided that for March, I am going to keep this going and dedicate this entire month to one theme. And our theme for this month is the self, ourselves. March is one of my favorite months. And to me, it's all about growth and renewal. And so for this month, we are going to look at what is going on inwardly. What is growing inwardly. So for the next four weeks, we're going to dive in deep into ourselves. And we're starting off strong with self-confidence. I'm really excited to start here because I think we have a lot of misconceptions about what creates self-confidence. What is it that self-confident people have? We think that self-confidence is a byproduct of our success or our accomplishments and achievements. We sometimes mistakenly think that being the best or being perfect at something means that we will then become self-confident. But true self-confidence starts within. It starts within ourselves. So in today's episode, we're going to be looking at self-confidence the wholehearted way, which means we're going to look at what it actually means, how we can cultivate it in our day-to-day lives, and what holds us back from fully stepping into it. So let's dive in. Today's Mindset Monday reads, We mistake self-confidence for competence. We mistake it for being the best or being perfect. 
The truth is self-confidence exists within you, not outside of you, love. It is the moment you realize you can trust yourself. You can trust yourself regardless of what happens. You can trust yourself in each and every moment. You can trust yourself always. That is self-confidence. What I think is so interesting about confidence is that more often than not, we can name what it looks like on the outside, right? So as I say this, I want you to think of someone that you would say is a confident person, whether it's someone you know, or perhaps it's a celebrity or public figure. And as you think of them as this confident person, what is it about them that strikes you as being confident? Is it their posture? Maybe an energy that they have, the way they hold themselves. Perhaps it's the way that they speak, their tone, their cadence. It's usually pretty easy for us to name those characteristics that create that sense of outward assuredness. But it's not as easy to name what creates those characteristics, right? Where do they come from? Where does this confidence come from? We can really name what the end result is, but like what is the equation that creates that end result? What's the equation that allows for their posture to be the way that it is, their energy to be the way that it is? We mistakenly think that confidence is a result of putting in the work. So it's the hours we spent doing something, the degrees we have, the accolades, accomplishments. But study after study shows that confidence is not the same as competence. And unfortunately, study after study shows that women who are extremely accomplished in their fields still lack confidence when it comes to their abilities. So we're taking that off the table because you know this to be true in your own life, that you may have a lot of degrees, a lot of experience, a lot of education, and yet you still will question yourself. You still will doubt yourself in certain spaces. We oftentimes think that being confident is a result of being the best or perfect at something. Oh, but y'all, that is a losing battle. Because being the best is subjective. Being perfect is impossible. But always aiming to be the best or perfect at something, that is just going to lead to burnout. And it's really, really shaky ground to lay the foundation of confidence. Because the truth is, we can never be perfect, and we're not always going to be the best. So then, what the heck is confidence? If it's not being competent, if it's not being the best or not being perfect, then what is confidence? Well, the etymology, the root of the word confidence, means with trust. Confidence is about trusting yourself. Now, it's not about trusting yourself to do the right thing or to not make a mistake, but to trust that you can figure it out regardless of what happens. There's a Rachel Cargill quote that I love, and I've said it a billion times on the podcast, and I will say it a billion times more. But she says, Risks aren't as risky when I realize that all I am taking a risk on is myself. If I leap and I land on shaky ground, then I trust that I can find my footing. And if I leap and I'm on firm ground, I trust that I will take off running. Confidence is about trusting that you can figure it out on the other side. 
regardless of what happens, regardless of what occurs, that you can figure it out. Confidence is all about trust. So I want us to try an exercise because I think that there is an area in all of our lives where we are really confident. So I want you to think of that area for yourself. And I want you to think small, okay? So for me, my area is cooking. I am super confident in the kitchen. So think of what your area of absolute confidence is. And now I want you to think of what creates that sense of confidence for yourself. What is it about this area of your life that makes you feel so confident? When I reflect on this exercise and I think of cooking, it really does come down to trust. I am not the best cook. I know I am not a perfect cook, but I know how to figure it out in the kitchen. If things don't go as planned or if they don't go my way or I get overwhelmed in the kitchen, I trust myself to figure it out. And experience is also part of this equation. So I'm sure whatever example that you're thinking of, the thing that you're really confident in, that you may have a lot of experience in it. But the experience I have in the kitchen hasn't taught me that I'm the best. It hasn't taught me that I'm perfect. It has taught me that I've got this. I have had so much time and experience in the kitchen that I know regardless of what happens, I can figure it out. And I would venture to say that the same is true for whatever you are thinking of as well. All of that experience that you have had in that thing, whether it is parking your car, whether it is something like doing your hair, you've just had a lot of experience. And that experience isn't about making you feel like the best or perfect. That experience is about showing you how capable you are of getting to the other side, of taking the next step that is best for you. This is what confidence is all about. It is about trusting yourself. So by looking at confidence in this way, right, by seeing it through the lens of self-trust, we are reframing what confidence is we are finding the foundation from which confidence comes from. It's not about, am I the best at this? Am I doing this right? Am I the most qualified? Am I perfect? It is, do I trust myself to figure this out? That's it. That is the question we need to be asking ourselves in those moments where we find ourselves lacking in confidence. But let's also talk about what keeps us from our confidence. So there's one term that we have to name, and honestly, it's a term that I have stopped using. And that is the phrase imposter syndrome. I have a whole podcast episode about this, but we'll get into it a little bit here because it is part of this conversation. So imposter syndrome, and it actually was called imposter phenomenon at first, was a term that was coined in the 1970s by two researchers who were doing a study on highly accomplished women. And they found that no matter 
how accomplished these women were, they lacked confidence in many professional settings. They would think to themselves that they didn't belong there, that they had tricked everyone. And so they coined the term imposter phenomenon, which now we call imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is a phrase we use often, and it's that feeling of not being enough, that you do not belong in the room because you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not accomplished enough. And we really need to stop using this term. The study that developed this term left out a lot of really important factors. There was no consideration for systemic oppression, racism, sexuality, classicism, because when we think of imposter syndrome, we're going to experience it differently based on our intersections, right? The intersections of our identity. And second, when we use a term like imposter syndrome, it implies that the onus is on us as women to change. That this is something that we need to fix and to figure out. The Harvard Business Review wrote this incredible article called Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. I cannot recommend it enough. But I want to read a quote from this article. It reads, Even as we know it today, imposter syndrome puts the blame on individuals without accounting for the historical and cultural contexts that are foundational to how it manifests in both women of color and white women. Imposter syndrome directs our view toward fixing women at work instead of fixing the places where women work. So this is a sermon. When we think of self-confidence and self-trust, we have to understand that certain systems want us as women want many people who fall in communities that are marginalized to feel like we cannot trust ourselves. So many of the places and the spaces we find ourselves in were created to make us feel not confident. They were created for us to question whether or not we can trust ourselves. This is a really big thing, y'all. I remember when I discovered this, it was a real epiphany, a real aha, understanding that I don't have to feel ashamed. I don't have to judge myself for not having that confidence or for questioning myself. It's really about understanding that many, especially professional spaces, they were created to cater to white men. And so when you put other communities in those spaces, they're going to not feel as confident because of the way it's set up. We're going to feel as if we cannot trust ourselves because how we think, how we feel, how we understand the world isn't valued, isn't honored, is not acknowledged. So instead of the word imposter syndrome, what I like to use is the word self-doubt. So the kryptonite to our self-confidence is self-doubt. Self-doubt is something that everyone, every person struggles with. So let's get into self-doubt. I want you to think of a recent situation or memory in which your self-doubt was especially strong. And as you think of this memory, this moment, think of the sensations in your body. 
what it felt like, what emotions came up for you, and what words and phrases you were saying to yourself. So maybe thoughts like, you have no idea what you're doing, you're not good enough, you don't belong here. What we're trying to do here is to figure out how your self-doubt manifests. At the root of self-doubt is fear. Maybe the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, the fear of being seen, the fear of the unknown. And something that we have to understand when it comes to fear is that we can't run from it. We can't ignore it. And if we give in to it, we don't do the things we want to do. So instead, we really need to get intimate and understand our fear. So I want us to try a practice so that we can really understand our self-doubt. Because self-confidence is only possible when we have this deep understanding. You know, I think sometimes in the world of growth and wellness, we jump to the part of performative self-confidence. And I call performative self-confidence, right, that fake it until you make it thing where you're saying phrases to yourself that maybe you don't believe, but think you should be saying to yourself, you know, phrases like, you got this, you know what you're doing. But as you say it, you totally don't believe it. And you walk into a room with that performative posture of self-confidence, but you're not really feeling it deep within. So in order for authentic self-confidence to be present, to be possible, we really need to understand our self-doubt. So I want you to go back to that moment, that memory we touched on before, that moment where you were filled with self-doubt. And as you're becoming aware of what your body feels like, what emotions are coming up, what you're thinking. See if you can give a name to your self-doubt. It could be just self-doubt, but maybe a name comes up for you. Someone you know, a made-up name, a color, a metaphor. We're creating a name. We're creating a persona for this self-doubt. So there's this sense of separation between you and it. So once you have your name, and again, it can be as simple as self-doubt, I want you to ask your self-doubt some questions, okay? So the first question is, what are you afraid of? Then we're going to ask the self-doubt, what are you protecting me from? The third question is, what do you need in this moment? And it may not know the answer to this, but just see. And then finally, how can I make you feel more safe or secure? And I now want you to say a phrase to your fear, to the self-doubt. I want you to maybe put a hand on your heart and lovingly say, I understand why you would be afraid right now but I promise that you can trust me. You want to try that again? I understand why you would feel afraid right now, but I promise you can trust me. Love, this is how self-confidence blossoms, blooms, and grows. It's not about succeeding your way to confidence. It's not about being the best to find your confidence. It's not about being so perfect 
that you can't help but be confident. It's about deeply knowing yourself and trusting yourself. That's it. That's what it is. So as we finish this episode, I want you to think of one thing that is resonating with you. One insight, one thought, one practice. And we're going to take a deep breath in, hold that at the top, and breathe out. So breathing in. Holding that insight at the top and breathing out. Until next week, love, I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.